Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tend Her Wild podcast listeners. Today, Kate and I are going to talk about women's leadership. This is a topic that has come up throughout many of our conversations, Kate, because mm-hmm. I know this is a passion of yours. I, I actually look to you as an expert on this, but we decided we hadn't yet really devoted an entire episode to this topic, and we feel like it's really essential. Yeah, I think it's a It's a good time to talk about it, kind of the state of the world and the changes that are happening. Exactly. Yeah. And even for you listening that don't feel like you are in what we might think of as a prototypical leadership role, we want you to know you are a leader. And we're going to talk about that today because we believe all women are leaders and all women have a lot of inner power and a lot of capacity to shift systems. And so this is an empowering talk. And as we do every week, we are women champion women, and we want to further this into all the different arenas of women's lives. Yeah. It's, it's bigger than just a title. Exactly. So the The birth of this conversation actually happened yesterday. And so I want to give a little backstory on this. I heard, I can't remember if it was from you or if it was actually from someone else that you were getting this big leadership award. And I asked you about it a couple of times and you (laughs) kind of... You just like, oh, and you downplayed it. Yeah, like, oh, it's just this thing. And and um, I think I stayed on top of it. And then at one point you texted me the link to this big luncheon, this big leadership award. And I got on, I was like, holy shit, this is a big award Kate's getting. And and the way you had talked about it up until that point, I didn't even know what to expect. But because of this podcast and all these conversations we're having about how we as women need to champion other women, I just, I wanted to like support you in this. And you did. So thank you. It is interesting, isn't it? It is interesting, right? (laughs) I had trouble owning it. You did. So we uh, got together a table of women and friends uh, to be there and to go to this luncheon yesterday. And you got this like amazing community leadership award. And we were so proud of you. And we were whooping it up in the back (laughs) and probably (laughs) embarrassing you. And then it led to um, some of the women coming to my house afterwards and we were all sitting out on the back deck in the beautiful um, weather talking about women's leadership. It's a great conversation. It was such a powerful conversation and why it's hard, why there aren't more, why we don't champion them. And then when we have these conferences, why not all women are championed? I mean, there were so many different 
angles we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, so we thought let's come today and let's hone some of these ideas and dig into it. So I want to ask you, because again, I really do look to you as someone who not only has read a lot about this, but has lived it. You've been in the business sector for how many years? 25. 25 years. You've bounced up uh, against a lot of challenges. You have been in the big CEO leadership positions and you have so much to say and so much that you've experienced. So how would you define even what is feminine leadership? Well, I think as I think back on my career, that leadership itself, when I began my career was very top down and Mm. I experienced that. I saw that I, I was part of those systems that felt very top down and what and do you mean by that? Like there's a boss and there's a boss and then there's, there's a the, pecking order. Yes, very much so. And so I've been part of those systems and, you know, existed in them to work for someone else for yeah. them. And over time in this, you know, as my career evolved and then I kind of started to move up the ladder, I started to have a, be able to have a little more influence or see things a little differently and I had the opportunity to understand, you know, I didn't really understand the masculine feminine traits, so -hmm. to speak, but I felt something different from often from women leaders that, uh, I identified more with. And, and so I think, you know, as I look back, I think about the traits that are more feminine. It's about working with people. It's about developing people. It's about, um, having empathy, collaboration, communication, and overall maybe more emotional intelligence, mm. which, and I'm not saying men can't have this because they absolutely can. And I've had bosses that have very strong emotional intelligence. Male bosses. Male bosses. Yeah. But it is a, it is a different way of leading to lean into those traits and and for those to come through to your staff and the people that you're working with. So for me, once I felt like I was in a, in a space where I could exhibit those, I I don't know that I felt like I could as I was working my way up the ladder, but Mm -hmm. once I got to the top, I was like, okay, I made it. Okay. But that is so key Hmm? that while you were like a a peon, like you were just starting out, you had to prove a lot people didn't trust you yet because you were just starting out. You couldn't actually be in those feminine qualities. You had to act more. Much more about performance and results and being um, driven and ambitious Yeah, and being very, very. And hold back your emotions. And yes, absolutely. And to look like I was strong enough to be in those roles. Yeah. Um, and then when I got there, <clears throat> I happened to get there during a crisis. So when you finally got to the top, you finally was named CEO. Mm-hmm. It was a crisis. And so there was a lot of freedom. I think I've talked about this before, but there was a lot of freedom in that because suddenly there wasn't one way to do everything. 
people were our world had exploded yes, and people, people were, were open, maybe open to like you know, different ways. And yeah. And we had to take care of people in a different way because it was a scary time. Yeah. And mental health was a real always has been a real issue, but finally really, people started yes, to it unearthed a lot attention. of things. And so I finally felt like I'm I can show up as me. I can mm. show up more as myself. Um, follow my own instincts more. It was less about KPIs and performance. It was more about impact and less about activity. And so in a lot of ways, it was such a gift to to take on a leadership role at that time because I think it did allow me to be way more authentic and feminine in how I handled things. Do you think if you had taken that role and there had been no pandemic, it would have been more challenging for you? A hundred percent. Really? Oh, okay. hundred percent. So there was some beauty in the pandemic. Yeah. I mean, we've all talked about there's yeah. benefits that have come out of what we all went through, but for you, it really did open this new doorway to step into a more feminine driven leadership quality that actually was accepted and in many ways embraced because of the unrest that was happening in the right. world. It's uncharted waters. And so it felt like, okay, if you think that's important to do it that way, we will, you know, a lot of experimentation and mm. trying things and pivoting and empathy. Just, I remember how much empathy. empathy because people were really struggling and yeah. you're such a beautiful listener and you have so much compassion and you could really bring that to the table Thank to you. the boardroom yeah. table yeah I, that, mm -hmm. it, that was different um it, to to not have to hide that mm -hmm. <laughs> it felt like I that it was needed and so I could show up that way I remember you shared with me one time that you during uh the pandemic and this new role as CEO you had shared with your employees that you were really struggling and tell us, tell the listeners sort of how that then unfolded. Yeah, I remember it was winter. It was dark period of, you know, for a lot of people, I think kind of seasonal. And then you lay on top of the pandemic. And we were about eight months, nine months into the pandemic, or maybe 10. But um, I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> I'm not, I, I did not feel like I know, was, had a lot of energy. I was flat. Mm. Um, and it was, I had not experienced that really to that level before. And so I knew that I was not showing up the way that I had been. And, um, and so I need, I needed, you know, some help and to be able to kind of talk through that with people, with someone, but, um, but I also decided to be open with my staff about it because I, and I will say I had a male boss who modeled that at mm, one point too. So beautiful. I do think that um, I remember thinking about that. He was vulnerable. I can be vulnerable. And I we also started all checking in with each other because we realized, you know, maybe if I'm feeling this way, other people are feeling this way. Yeah. It just kind of opened the door to that just being part of our conversations. So it's and, part of the culture mm -hmm. is this whole, like, how are you doing? Let's check yeah, in. There were how times, are things yeah. emotionally? Yeah. Or starting a meeting with, you know, what's heavy for you today. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Instead of just being like, how's everybody? Fine, fine, fine. Great. I'm doing we great. Not, yeah. yeah. We were not all fine. No. So, um, so yeah, I think that, and I had a great 
I have a, had a great team that, that, you know, were very kind about it. And then also I feel like reciprocated at times what they needed. And yeah. so that is a very feminine way of leading. Absolutely. And a very vulnerable way to lead, which, you know, Brene Brown does so such great work around this, but once you kind of shed your armor, I think people trust you more. Mm. Once you show up really vulnerable and real, yeah, people see that you're an authentic yeah, you're person real. who has problems too. Yes. And so they trust you. Yeah. It also, for me, it forced me to, to realize I, I was not ever going to be perfect in this role. Mm. There was no perfection. Yeah. The, the, which is the hyper masculinity. Yes. Actually, that's, we think of perfectionism as women, as but, women, but it's actually, as we're talking about this masculine energy and this feminine energy, which we all contain sort of that toxic overdriven masculine, masculine traits that show up in all of us. One of them is perfectionism. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, that was the first time I really started to shed some of that mm. and it had a lot to do with just the timing and the, the way the world was and what we used to, you know, our business was suddenly kind of ch changed overnight and we had to look for new ways to create impact yeah. and be supportive of the business community. So um, it just allowed for a lot of those walls to come down. And, and I think for myself, it shed light on, the value of the feminine qualities yeah, that we call soft skills and all those stupid words that really are, they're, they're power. They're strong. Well, you've said before, I'm taking this from you, you said um, feminine leadership is not just leading like a man in a dress. Right. And that really struck me is that it isn't just showing up with all these masculine traits of ambition and drive and, you know, action and structure, it's actually coming in with empathy and compassion and yeah. intuition. However, I worry that we have to, we do have to, our systems still require us to show up that way to get the job. Okay. So to let's talk about ladder. that because you even shared that in your own, your own climb to the top is that these these more feminine traits, which you now define as real power and making a huge difference in the cultural space that you were leading, that you couldn't really show those or fully step into those until you were at the top. Like if you would have shown those earlier, your promotions perhaps might've been passed by. Right. I you, think there's, there's a sense of weakness that or emotionality, too that, emotional, too, yeah, too. God, we're so scared of emotions. Too collaborative, right? <laughs> Ridiculous, because it's like how we're wired to be. Yeah, we're supposed to be emotional. Yeah, it's a beautiful trait. Yeah, and I mean, leadership is all about people. Right, it's a people business. It's developing people. Yeah, and there's so much need for people skills <laughs> in that role. But oftentimes that's not who ends up in those roles. It's not the people that it's the people that traditionally look like um, strong, driven, decisive, mm -hmm. um, willing to overwork and over effort. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that we, we, 
we reward that. And that's oh, how promotions get, absolutely. get made. And so, so yeah, there, I do feel like you know, part was circumstances of the pandemic, but also that I couldn't really truly step into my own power, my own gifts until I got there. Yeah. So we read an interesting article that I want you to share some facts from in Forbes, which is sort of the state of <laughs> women mm -hmm. in the workplace. So this idea, this fear that you have of like, can women really be in leadership roles really in their full authenticity? Like what has to change? Do people have to wait till they're at the top to display vulnerability and empathy and connection? Like, does it take finally getting to the top or is there some way we can begin to change this sooner? Well, this, yeah, this article is fascinating because it, women actually hold only 26% of C-suite jobs. And I, when you told me that, I was like, what are C-suite jobs? Because remember, I'm the, yeah, I'm the, I'm the healer psychologist who's never once, in fact, I do have to tell the little story when I went to this business luncheon yesterday and I walked in, I was like, oh yeah, I don't know the synergy. These aren't my people. Wow. People work in this every day. And I shared that with yeah, you. I was you like, did. Kate, I have a new appreciation for you being in the business world because I never have been. It, yeah. Okay. Just, so C-suite job yeah, is. So a CEO, COO, uh, CFO, anything that's in that top tier of leadership in kind of our, our structure that's very traditional in leadership. So it's the top of the ladder. So only basically a quarter of those jobs are women are women. So the further up the ladder you go, the further the gap is between men and women in those roles, because there's just the funnel yeah. is smaller. Um, and part of that leads to a great pay gap that exists really at all levels, all jobs, all jobs. but also even if you're a CEO or a CFO, there's still a pay gap between what a man would make and what a woman would make in that high leadership position. Right. So the average That's bullshit, by the way, I know the average is 86, 86 cents on the dollar for white women, 68 cents on the dollar wow. for black women. It's even more bullshit. Yeah. Just really. I mean, it is 2023. Like I, it is sometimes I'm just baffled by yeah. the fact that we have not made more strides where that's concerned. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this article talks about how women are. And I just take a moment to yeah. ask you why you think that is. Cause I agree. Like if it clearly is a woman doing the job and she has, you know, made her way up. So she's clearly competent. Why aren't we paying the same? Like, has anyone really figured out why women aren't getting paid the same as a man? Like, it's often not public knowledge. So part of it is sometimes women don't even realize that their that pay is less. And, and sometimes I think women are less likely to go to bat for themselves. They think, well, I've got less job. willing to ask for the right. raise or to, you know, that is true because don't, and we've talked about this mm -hmm. in this podcast that men, um, own their <laughs> own their skill sets and often over there's even research right. that says they overestimate what they over can do yeah whereas women underestimate what they can do so that might be a part of this pay gap as well is that we <clears throat> don't believe that, that our skills are as amazing as they truly are yeah whereas yeah. men think their skills are perhaps better than they actually are right 
So I think there's, it's a multifaceted reason, but, um, but what this article talks about, you know, we we hear a lot about the great resignation, mm-hmm. um, the great um, revelation <laughs> or reorganization. And then they even call it now the great breakup that a lot of women have gotten to the place where they're leaving, they're just leaving companies and they may be reevaluating their lives, cutting back, burned out. Burned and, out, big and, one. And so the issue is they're not leaving for better or other jobs necessarily. They're literally just leaving the workforce, many of them. So does that mean, clearly we don't know, but does that mean these leadership positions, these C-suite positions are going to be less than 26% here in the coming years? Because, I mean, you actually are an example of this. I am. You were one of the people in the C-suite and you broke up with your job. Mm -hmm. You left to do your own thing. Yeah. And I've heard, and I I think I've had colleagues that will say this too, that I think the last few years for women in, in really in any role was more taxing because we had our own personal you know, implications of the pandemic and our families, yeah. the, the things we were holding, helping kids with online school, you know, having everyone at home, um, yeah. worried about our college students, worried about our younger kids. Like we were holding a lot. And then at work, women were often asked to step in and hold space and check in with people and be Make the sure emotional support yes. at work. Even if you are in the CFO position or in the upper positions, you were being asked as women to check in with people emotionally. So it is a heavier taxing thing than reading a spreadsheet. Yeah, those feminine, you know, I'm air quoting here, soft skills suddenly became important and people that weren't comfortable with those had to lean on the people who naturally knew how to... Right. Deal with. So it. I think that the toll has been, um, we're tired. Yeah. I've been yeah. talking to so many women right now that are like, I got to rest. I cannot tell you how, I bet I hear that three times a week. Mm. Like I, I, and they're, they're finally owning it. Like, you know, but the problem is it's not just resting and getting back to work. It's like, they're stepping I need back like a deep and rest. stepping away yeah. and reevaluating. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, I honor that because I think that you know, that we have to admit it's, it's been hard yeah. and you have to do what's best for you, but there is going to be a, a, an effect on the larger system, I think in the years to come, because people in our generation that have the ability, not everyone has the privilege and ability to step back from a job, but those, you know, people that do that may or may not enter, re-enter. Um, my hope is that they are building something new or they are eventually going to, you know, I think the entrepreneurship and women, I think we're going to see that. Just yeah. Explode. It kind of already is. And so, yeah, at least if I don't state, like the systems, I'm going to build, I'm gonna my, build own. my own. I'm going to do it my way. Yeah. So that's what I, my ultimate hope is, but I think there will be a period where we're going to miss the diversity in the workplace. We're going to miss women leading in the workplace mm-hmm. because there's going to be, there's going to be a gap for a yeah. while. Yeah. Um, and young people, I mean, we both have young daughters. Um, one of the top things young generations look for is how a company supports the mental health of employees. Mm. That is now I love generational, that. you know, that's what they ask. About. I love that. Yeah. It's so powerful. 
Do you agree with that, Chanel? She's Chanel is our producer. Who yeah. is, we always she's much younger than us, and we always she's shaking her head, and we're always like, "All right, we must be <laughs> we must be onto something." Yeah. If Chanel is shaking her head, yeah, yeah. So, so, um, if you're going to attract and keep women, if you're going to attract a young workforce and a diverse workforce, these are the things that that companies are going to have to invest in, spend time thinking about. And not just say the right thing, but be doing the right thing. And so mm-hmm. I think that we're kind of in an evolution of these kind of toxic work environments that yeah. hopefully, um, but we, you know, and I had some guilt in in leaving because it's like you want to be, you balance knowing that you want to be part of, of the this change. Great change and then where I was being drawn personally and what I needed more of at this point in my life. And so that was a hard Yeah, I know you really struggled with that for a long time. And yet I want to really honor that in the end, you sort of realized your own well-being, which is what you're such an advocate for, needed to come first. And that if you were really thriving and feeling best about your work and your contribution and your own self and your body and your mind and your heart, you are in a better position to be of service to the world. And there's so many ways to be of service, not just in that C-suite. Right. So um, like I really honor how challenging and how heart-wrenching this was for you to make that decision. Like you, you realized, wow, I finally made it. This is, you know, I can now implement some changes. I can be of deep service. And yet it was in some ways burning you out as well. Yes. And I, I, I have said this to many clients and I really believe this. You cannot make a decision to leave from a place of burnout mm. because you may, you may regret later. Yeah. I think you have to treat the burnout. You have to be able to st- step back, rest, take time, reevaluate. If, if you can do that through vacation or cutting back your hours before you make a big decision mm. too, because, and, and sometimes you can't, sometimes it's so crucial that you, you need to, to, to leave. But, um, I do think, I do think it's, it's hard to make clear decisions when you're yeah just not it makes sense. Yeah. So that's what I love helping people do. Right. Yeah. Look at just what are your, and, your new direction yeah. is now coaching and helping women navigate this. Yeah. Because yeah. often the answer may be leaving for a new opportunity or you know, changing, creating course. your own thing, creating yes. your own opportunity, but, but giving yourself the space to really, um, make that from a very healthy place Mm -hmm. and a clear place, um, I think is, is ideal because then it, it, it doesn't feel like you're jumping ship. It feels like you're making an intentional decision from, from a very solid place. And so anyway, I, yeah, I think, I think more and more people are are doing this and like 22% of men are also reevaluating. Yeah. So it's not just a, a yeah, women. But we're in a, a tidal wave of change here that it'll we be are. curious to see where this all goes. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, because I've not been in the business sector, because I haven't um, faced many of the challenges you have in such patriarchal systems, um, being sort of a healer in my own uh, business. I've been my own business owner for 17, 18 years now. I did early on make the choice to kind of do it my way, which I think has been super helpful in terms of my own mental well-being, as I've heard stories from you and other <laughs> women, my sisters in the business world. 
And so I know it's been really challenging. And so I hear you saying that so many women leaving now is because of burnout, um, is because of sort of uh, the added pressures that we went through in the pandemic. One of the things that I'm really curious and wanted to pick your brain on is I'm constantly observing women and sort of something we've talked about a lot, how and why it's challenging sometimes for women to champion women, why there's sort of um, inborn mistrust between women, why there's jealousy and sort of gossip about women and how toxic this is to us. Um, we've had so many conversations about this and I'm also curious how this ties into maybe what I might even call unconscious fears for women to even get into leadership positions, because who wants to be in that position when people are just going to talk about you and mistrust you and not want to be your friend anymore and push you out of the group because you're at the top. Um, do you think that's, that is part of this? Oh, absolutely. And it starts so young. I mean, we, we have this sense that there's scarcity. There's yeah. not enough for everybody. And well, when you think about a quarter of all C-suite positions are women, there aren't yeah. a lot of positions. So there's some Truth reality in, in it. And so we don't see a sea of, of women at the top. We see yeah. a few. Yeah. And I do think sometimes, like I said, that women have to almost be more masculine to get there. And so and their not, traits, yeah, and not so in their not dress, as, not in their, but like they're, yeah. yeah. So they're not as relationship focused. They're not stepping into their feminine. And so, so by the time they get there, then they, they don't have those relationships or other women, there is a sense of jealousy that they kind of mm. got, got to the top. And when is it going to be my turn? And, mm. um, and maybe some resentment that, you know, does it require you to embrace the toxic culture to get there Yeah, too? And so yeah. I think there's lots of wrapped up into that, but I think as women, we, we, I mean, we haven't elected a woman president. We can't I even, know. the highest I know. You and I, land. we talked about that on the porch yesterday with our group of friends. Like, will we ever even in our lifetime see a woman be elected to the highest position in our country? Like our group of women sitting there, which all are amazing entrepreneurs and businesswomen in their own rights. We all doubted whether or not yeah. we would even see that yeah. because of this, even women mistrusting other women. And that's, I think from a psychological um, mental health perspective, what I'm so fascinated by is why can't we as women trust other women? And, you know, there's some conversation about this is very rooted in our DNA, right? Like it goes back to women vying for husbands and we couldn't own our own land and we couldn't, you know, work jobs to make our own money. And so there is sort of in built in us this uh, need for jealousy. Um, and yet, Oh man, how do we, how do we untangle this and unravel this so that, uh, again, women can champion women. And one of the things you and I talked about that I feel is so key in this 
is that if as women, we have pushed down into our unconscious mind, this desire to be a leader, this desire to um, not fit into the small box of being a good girl or playing it small, if we've pushed that desire to actually do it and step up and be a leader, if we've pushed that down, then we are going to feel jealous of people who are in that 26% or are rising or are taking because it's part of our shadow because it's part of our shadow. So you have said, you see that the women leaders you were attracted to most were the ones who had done their inner work, who had been looking at their own stuff that had kept them limited. And so it's such a freaking theme in this podcast, but it's like, get out there, do your work, understand what's holding you back. Yeah. Did I just lose everyone on that? No, (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated. Yes. We want to make it simple, but I, I, it is complicated. It is. And, um, we've said a lot when we've had these conversations that it all starts with, with the inner work. Yeah. You know, you can't connect to others beyond how you're connected to To yourself. yourself. So as a leader, if your job is to develop other people, you first have to develop yourself. You have to be. You don't trust yourself. You're not going to trust any other woman. There's going to be built in fear and paranoia about other women because you don't trust your own self. And developing. So, you know, developing other people means helping other women develop as well. So yeah. investing in them. Yeah. Saying, I see your qualities. Yes. Give, you know, championing women in your organization. So I think part of this is, um, you know, the emotional intelligence piece and also um, helping other women, like it's turning around and holding your hand out. Yes. And it's recognizing women who are looking to do more, be more develop more and helping them do that. Yes. Because that, that breeds trust. It also shows the way and, and you're giving back in a way that, um, you know, whatever you would have needed, whether it was a mentor or, um, a strong person that, you know, did you you have one? That's been a burning question. This whole conversation. I'm like, did Kate have a female leader mentor that she was looking towards. She saw how they were navigating. I had lot, I have had lots of great mentors for different things throughout my career. And I would say, I probably can make a list of 10 women that mm-hmm. I would, I would take something. I'd be like, I like how they do that. Mm. Or I see that in them. And, and I would, kind of carry that with me. I feel like I was always filling my bag with like yeah. these little. So it was a conglomerate. It wasn't, it wasn't one woman, no, but it was qualities of lots of women that you saw that you were like, oh, I, I'm going to remember that. Yeah. I want to embody that trait. Right. And, and I know there were people that helped lift me up at times when I thought I wasn't really, you know, Maybe I'm not imposter syndrome. Maybe I'm not really ready for this. And mm-hmm. and women saying, you got you know, this. Yeah. 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 Or giving me a heads up on like, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little scuttlebutt about this. So we, I want you to be aware of it. They were looking out. For uh, 
That's um, a good point too, yeah, is that it's not just champion, other. but it's like, Hey, I'm looking out for you. Yeah. I'm on your team. I want you to know blind spots. We all have, yeah. you know, things that, that we need to, to be aware of. And so how we help one another have each other's backs on that. Yes. Can really. That is the key point. Like yeah. how do women have each other's backs instead of jealousy, tearing each other apart, not trusting one another? How do we truly start to have each other's backs? Yeah. And, and it oh, I feel really emotional as I say that because I'm feeling in my own system how that has not always been true, that we yeah. don't always have each other's backs. And I, I mean, I, I'll be honest, I look back and I think I could have been, I should have been better there. I should have helped that person more. Mm -hmm. Like I, in my early career, because you do feel this need to like prove You yourself. can't do that because you have to yeah, you're climb the ladder. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it became easier. The higher you got on yeah. the ladder. And then, you know, bringing people onto the team and saying, I see you. How else can I develop you? That was often my conversations with staff. It's like, what do you want to learn more about? Where's mm -hmm. where's your passion and how do how do we get you to a conference to do that? How do we develop, give you more responsibility and mm -hmm. um give you the chance to to expand on whatever it is you're doing? And so um you're right. I think and so yeah, once you get to a certain level, you have a little more freedom for that. But if we could all do it a little sooner and yes. be open to it that that it isn't about scarcity. I mean, the the awards that we witnessed this week, leadership can happen from any seat at any table, in any organization, in any family system, any family, any volunteerism. Leadership is just seeing a problem, seeing an issue, seeing a um, something you're passionate about. And that hits your heart and then taking action. That's to me, that's, that's mm -hmm. it. And it can be done. And we saw that in these women that were honored this week. Yeah. Like it was from all sorts of different. They weren't, uh, yeah. Of they the were 12 not, people that were honored, no. they were not, all not CEOs. even the majority of them were CEOs. No. Right? No. Um, And yet, I think we all, a lot of us operate as CEOs in our homes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we have those skill sets. Um, yep. And we do have to keep championing one another, but also, you know, pulling each other up. Yeah. And I feel like women acknowledging, because I do sense that having just swum in a patriarchal system our whole lives, we forget at times how powerful we are. We, we have disconnected from that power. And so women really understanding how much power you hold in the family unit, in the way you connect with your coworkers, in the energy that you bring to situations. Like I think that's what I hope women remember is that we hold so much power and we do hold a great capacity to sway uh, systems. We do. And we need feminine leadership right now. It is, to me, it is the way forward. Mm -hmm. We need it from our male leaders. <laughs> we need these qualities. So let's let's articulate the qualities again, if you're listening. We need female leadership, whether you're a man or a woman or you're trans. We need to bring these qualities of feminine leadership into 
the workplace, the family systems, the communities, and those qualities would be empathy, empathy, collaboration, communication, emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. relationship building, being inclusive, focusing on personal growth. So being willing to look inside and having a more holistic approach to making decisions. Mm. Right. This is, this things are complex right now and we, we have not to black look, and white solutions are no. there. And it, we can't just keep doing things the way we've always done them. We can't just use linear analytical perspectives. We need a much more broad-based viewpoint of how to solve some of these very big issues. Yeah. So I, and there are, I, there are a lot of men that have these capabilities Absolutely. too. We just Absolutely. have to honor that they're, that they're as important yes. and as powerful as the ones that have gotten most people to the top. Right. Yeah. Um, Kate, I just have to say, I love how passionate you are about it. I feel so much <laughs> like fire and energy coming off of you today. I knew that I know this is your, this is really your heart's work. And I'm just so excited to see how you continue to guide people in this feminine leadership um, arena. Um, so if you want, I'm just, I'm, not doing this on purpose, but if you want to know more about this, I'm plugging Kate Moreland coaching (laughs) because she is sort of the master at all of this. And I would like, um, my dear friend, Kate, for you to champion someone today, because this is your sweet spot, whether it is, um, someone from your past, who's been a mentor to you, um, other women that you see doing this, work, this leadership work in the world, who would you like to champion today? Well, actually I'm very, I was very struck by the 12 other women that were nominated uh, for her achievement awards this week. And so they were from all different walks of life and backgrounds and their passion and their commitment to community and solving problems and being real. Um, One of the women said, thank you for underestimating me to the Mm. crowd. Thank you for underestimating me. Wow. It allowed me to act, to do what I've done because what she said was you weren't watching. <laughs> and there are so many of you women out there. I mean, everyone in some way is leading. We just don't call it that. And so I want everyone to see the leader in themselves because it exists in all of us and we can continue to support each other, acknowledge each other, recognize when you see leadership in another woman, um, get on board and help women that are doing amazing things, cheer them on from the sidelines, volunteer. There were so many calls for volunteership yesterday. Yeah. Volunteer. If something hurts your heart right now, find a way to volunteer to help. It may be in your own organization. It may be in another one, but there's just, there's the world needs the feminine to show up right now and we need the leadership qualities. And so I just want to champion these 12 women that were recognized in all the great work they're doing. Um, and we need to continue to, to celebrate and to champion and to have one another's back. Yeah. Amen, sister. Amen. Thank <laughs> you for such an inspiring conversation. Thanks, Beth. Yeah. Today's episode is sponsored by Kate Moreland Coaching and Heartland Yoga. As a coach, I am an advocate for authenticity and well-being for individuals, organizations, and communities. 
Through my coaching work, I like to help you connect to your authenticity. Whether you're an individual, a leader, or an organization, your creative power lies in your authenticity. Doing the work to understand your strengths and acknowledge the patterns and rocks that are in your way is the path to well-being. Whether it's your career or your relationship with yourself or others, transformative change begins within. You can reach me at katemorlandcoaching.com. Heartland Yoga has been in business for nearly 15 years. I founded this studio with the intention for it to be a safe place where people could come and heal. I also knew that I wanted a business that fostered community and connection. So if you are looking to deepen your yoga practice, heal from physical, emotional, mental wounds, or simply connect with people who are like-minded, Heartland Yoga is a place that we would love to welcome you into, whether it's online or in person. You can find out more information at www.heartlandyoga.com. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week. <laughs>